Friends, and welcome to the Rogue Planet Podcast. I am Jason McClellan, and I'm here with my good friend, Feared. Good evening, everyone. That was not Crover, but hey, hi, hello, fans, friends, and moms. Yeah, that's actually Caleb Hanks. And we are again, by popular demand, joined by Maureen Ellsbury. I'm like an infestation. <laughs> yes, go away already. Damn We're going to have to clean out your attic. You've got a terrible Maureen infestation. That's a new a new career for you, Caleb. An exterminator? Just like last week when you uh, decided that your new career was going to be riding along the highway oh, on a no, moped. No, no. Let's not <laughs> oh, bring that up again. Excuse me, I followed through with that. Did you? Give us yep. an update. Uh, well, it's a shitty job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, how was your week, Caleb? Oh, uh, man. It was crazy, as always. Played a lot of music. I played at the, uh, and you guys will be into this, I guess. I don't know if you like this beer, but I played at the brand new Sierra Nevada um, Brewing Headquarters in North Carolina, up in Nashville. And uh, it was huge. I mean, like, massive. But uh, they gave us a bunch of the free beer. The headquarters or the show? Huh? The headquarters was huge or the show was huge? Um, the show wasn't too terribly huge, but the, the, the building, the bottling place itself is like massive. I've never seen a factory that big ever. So like 10 people showed up. Yeah, there was, uh, well, it was the company. So there was, there's usually 10 people at our shows, but this time there was maybe 12. Okay. Well, moving on up. <laughs> and did you, uh, get to sample the product? I actually didn't because, uh, because I have a terrible gluten intolerance, but the, uh, the rest of the guys did. Of I was the DD. I have to, I have to stick with my, uh, my vodka. Well, didn't you, uh, didn't you tell them and, uh, suggest that they create a special brew for you for like people? I think they said they actually did have some gluten-free beers that they were making, but, uh, I just, I don't know. I just don't really like drinking beer anymore. Well, you know, not all vodka is gluten-free. Yeah. Whatever I drink is. I think I don't I, think oh, it is. Smearing off out of a plastic bottle? I don't feel I don't feel terrible. What are you are you kidding me? I drink Patron. That's uh while tequila. I'm sitting in my while I'm sitting in my mansion. <laughs> you got it's, your alcohols mixed up yeah, there, you, buddy. You, you need to uh to try Tito's. It's, Tito's, uh, is, Tito's great. is gluten free. It's clear. And uh it's one of the highest rated vodkas there is. See, that's how much it's I know about Goose. liquor. Yeah. So that's gluten free, so you need to try it. It's uh, 100% corn, I think. Well, I don't. Corn, I'm not sure. It's, made from corn, it's, it's real smooth, is mm-hmm. what he's saying. It's not. I'm not That's sure if it's a gluten intolerance that I have. I just know that if I eat bread, I die. That's not good. You know what happens and when you know my this mom because uses you've a had bread salt? before. And I've you had, died. I've had bread before, and like Kenny on South Park, I just keep coming back to life. Well, that's kind of amusing, and that's uh, maybe something we should incorporate into the show. Huh? Oh, me dying and coming back to life? I think yes, that please. we should feed him beer every time, and then we can say, Thank you, Caleb! Yeah. I can't do a Kenny like boy, or a, not Kenny, I can't do a South You can't be a little boy? That's all right. <laughs> you can totally be a little boy marine. Little they boy. told you you could be anything. <laughs> they told me I could be anything. Now I'm an alcoholic. Well, that's a pretty good... Uh, Pretty good thing to spend uh, your week going to the uh, Sierra Nevada plant. That's kind of cool. Yeah, big. Uh, it was a big week for you and uh, and Marin because you guys had some some TV play this week. How does well, that make you feel? Maureen's always on TV, so she's kind of yeah. But she was part of that. Now, she was part of the uh, the uh, Are We Alone week on well, Science Channel. No, that was no, that's still just, Are We Alone yeah, week. Yeah, it's just started oh, Sunday yes. night. 
Well, so, look at me being wrong about all kinds of it, shit it's today. It's okay. You know, I, I was played a bunch last week and this weekend. In fact, I was home and I, I uh, sat down yesterday afternoon after a hike and I turned on the TV and apparently it was on the Science Channel. My face just popped up real big and I had no idea it was on. It was like, whoa. <laughs> so I turned it off immediately. You, st- you startled yourself? <laughs> yes. It is terrifying. And, oh, my uh, God. What is yeah. that? Oh, fuck. It's me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You'll have to beep that out. It was, uh, no, our show is pretty vulgar, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> especially after last week talking about toothed vaginas. But uh, but Friday was great because Jason had his premiere. Yay. And that was fun because during the commercials, I would uh, switch the channel and see that Maureen was on TV at the same time I was on TV. So, But you were on a plane when it aired, weren't you? I was, but it aired again. Um, they keep showing my show on it's airing several times during the week, but uh, yes, Hangar on the UFO Files premiered on Friday the 28th, and uh, I was in uh, not too much of the episode, but that is quite all right with me. It was a good show that was well-received, and uh, I had fun, so I actually got to watch it with my wife. That was fun. Heck yeah. Very cool. Well, congratulations, guys. Well, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, so I went to... LA over the weekend and I had an interesting plane ride out there. Were you um, sitting next to Randy Newman and he was singing I love LA? No, that would never happen. But I was it's sitting next never. to two interesting people. So the first person sitting next to me, I was on the aisle. The person in the middle seat um was a was- very, very enthusiastic person. She was, I think she had a lot of sugar. Um, but she was, <laughs> she, was, she was very hyper and happy, happy to introduce herself. Booger sugar. But then she uh, told me that uh, she had just come from the Sedona Film Fest, and she was there because they were, they did something at the Sedona Film Fest to honor her father. And her father... Um, wound up being Donald O'Connor, and I had no idea who that was because <laughs> I'm young. But uh, he is one of the main people in Singing in the Rain. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, big dancer and uh, big guy from that era. So they were honoring him, and they did a big dance thing. And, and uh, yeah, so her, his kids were there to receive whatever award on his behalf and she's working on his autobiography. So she's kind of talking Mm -hmm. about him. That was interesting. And then the guy sitting at the window was, uh, he worked for the army Corps of engineers and he apparently does a lot of work with Hollywood. And I didn't know the army Corps of engineers had anything to do with this, but they apparently oversee a lot of the pyrotechnic stuff. And he apparently worked on Iron Man 2 with a lot of the explosions. Awesome. And uh, he also worked on a Sum 41 video, which was pretty funny. Which one but, do you know? Uh, I, I don't know because he, he was describing it. So I, that doesn't ring a bell, but I'll have to look through some of them and see. But, uh, yeah, I, I usually don't – well, I guess I probably always sit next to interesting people on planes, but I never bother to talk to them. But these people were very chatty, so I found out everything about their lives. So You know what? That is so weird, Jason. I swear to the alien gods that I have met someone who also worked on pyrotechnics no shit, from the really? alien core. Yes, on a plane. That's awesome. No joke. That's Probably crazy. the same guy. Probably, because he's coming from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's so weird. Very funny. Small world. Yeah. I don't that's remember bizarre. his name, but... I didn't get his name. I got her name. And it's funny because I, I couldn't even remember the actor in uh, Singing in the Rain. And I think it's Cary Grant. But yes. um, right? when she was talking about her dad being in the movie and stuff, I was like, Singing in the Rain. That's Fred Astaire. This is Fred Astaire's daughter. And I was like, that's cool. Oh, the other thing about the guy from the uh, the Army Corps of Engineers, his dad used to play um, with uh, with Benny Goodman. I was like, hey, man, these are some cool people sitting next to me. This is pretty cool. And they were talking about their, their kids and how their kids are very, like, music-inclined, and they make their kids, like, take music lessons and stuff. And I was like, these guys are pretty cool. They, they think I'm they, – they thought I was 18, first of all. That was the funny <laughs> thing. And, oh, I didn't tell you guys the weirdest thing, too. So when I got on the plane, before the, door, the plane's door closed, the flight attendant up front of the plane got on the, the PA system and said – Jason McClellan, please raise your hand. So, 
what the uh-huh. fuck's going on? So I raised my <laughs> hand, and uh, then nothing happened. And the woman next to me said, I thought you were going to win a million dollars or something. I said, me too. And I feel gypped. I didn't win anything. Then they close the door, and they start coming back to check to make sure everybody has seatbelts on. She walks by, and she says, Kimberly says hello, and your drink is on her. What? So, what? Kimberly who? Kimber? What's going on? No, they said Kimberly. I have no idea who Kimberly is, but Kimberly, thank you so much for the drink. It was much appreciated, but some random Kimberly bought me a drink on the plane. It was so bizarre. Well, and you had free coupons anyway. I had the coupons in my pocket. <laughs> I was going to get a free drink anyway, but I saved my coupons, and uh, yeah, Kimberly <laughs> got me a free drink. I mean, wow. you guys do realize that like people know you that you don't know them. No, 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 wait. That, no. That's, no. That's odd. Bull pucky, though. I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that, that watch like Spacing Out that know who you are and you don't know who they are. Maybe she was just like, oh, my God, look at that beefcake, Jason McClellan. Is it McClellan? Yes. Sometimes it's I get whatever the, you want it to be. Sometimes I get the urge to say McClellan, and I feel like a turd because... Yeah, you, you said that, yeah. I'd be angry. <laughs> yeah, I never... I don't know why that happens. Yes. I think it's because I know McClellan's, or people that pronounce it that way. But anyway... Those people need to be smacked. She, she thought you were a stud muffin and wanted to get you drunk. I guess so. Like, I have no idea, and I, I really don't know any Kimberleys. Like, I know some Kims... And I was thinking that possibly it could be Kim Carlsberg, somebody who's in the UFO community, and people were just coming from the Sedona Film Fest. But I think Maybe. she lives in Sedona, not in, Sedona. in L.A., but I know she has L.A. connections. So I was trying to piece this together. I was like, what, who are these other Kims that I know what? could possibly like just say, Kimberly says hello. So like, what did she buy It you? seemed very familiar. And she doesn't go by Kimberly, so... Right. And and maybe the flight attendant got it wrong. She just heard Kim, and then she changed it into Kimberly. I have no idea. So... Wait, wait, but it but... seems familiar that they would just say that Kimberly says hello. But you know? it might be a clue as to what she bought you, though, as to who she is. Oh, she didn't buy me anything. I mean, I, just... I, got, I got to make my order. Oh, okay. That's the thing that somebody else said, too. They said, and your drink was probably poisoned. I was like, no, no. She, she didn't, well, like, bring me a drink. Like, you... I just got to order my drink, and it was comped. Did so. you ask, like... Is Kimberly on the plane? No, Where I didn't. She... I didn't do follow-up questions because wow. I was kind of like weirded out. Uh, so, wow, this <laughs> never happened. Well, the Black Widow. Well, congrats. Really... That's a, yeah, it was, quite the it was pretty cool. Free drink. Yeah. So but... I felt, felt kind of like a mini celebrity on the plane. Caleb, you what? just reminded me. Just I don't want to talk about this really, but a quick side note is the mispronunciation of Jason's name about John Travolta apparently last night trying to see, say, in, what is it, in... Indira or Indiria or something as Zim, and he actress? said something like Adele Dazim. Oh man, he totally mispronounced her name uh, during the Oscars, and it's then he a went big back viral thing on the internet right now. He went back to his dressing room, pulled out his comb, slicked back his hair, and went, "Sandy, I I messed the whole thing up." It's exactly what happened, and then he. I don't know. Face Off was a cool movie. That's all I got to say about John Travolta. Yeah, oh, let's I skip, love Face skip, Off. Skip the topic now. <laughs> um, no, I like Travolta, but uh, that's super. Yeah, weird. Yeah, I mean, the, the was this the flight? This was the same flight that your uh, that your show was airing at. Yes, she totally man. No, she was sitting at home. She, she was sitting at home. She saw you. She's like, "This Jason McClellan guy. He's famous." So they she hacked into the computer mainframe <laughs> of the of the of the airplane and ordered you a drink that has to be it well i did i think i did tweet that i was because i house sat and watched jason's dogs while he was visiting his wife in la so i watched his premiere with the dogs at his house and he was on the plane and i was tweeting details from the show um it's perhaps that she saw one of these tweets and knew he was headed to la and then did the research that makes more sense and there's this random Kimberly out there who I don't know who would buy me a drink on the plane and just say but how, Kimberly says how did, hello. How would the order get to the plane though? Oh, there are a lot of ways to get orders to planes. Really? I don't fly a whole lot. Oh, I fly all the time. I don't and fly I have no idea that. what those ways would be, but they have to exist. Maybe it was just a flight attendant who you've made an impression on in the past? Maybe so. A flight maybe, attendant. maybe maybe the woman who the flight attendant who told me, maybe she was Kimberly. 
but she didn't want to admit it. Maybe she just talks in the third person all the time. Maybe. <laughs> like, Maybe. Hank, like Hank Williams Jr. Oh. Hank Williams Jr. doesn't talk in third person because Hank Williams Jr. wouldn't do shit like that. That's possible, and I'm going I, with that. I think it was the flight attendant. She probably wanted to uh, induct you into the Mile High Club. <laughs> I she's didn't get to... that vibe. She didn't try hard enough if she wanted to because she didn't try at all. I don't know. Some people, it's kind of subtle. I remember the uh, the girl that played Charlotte on Sex and the City told this story about how she was at a um, she was at a restaurant and this like decently attractive waiter guy comes up and kind of says, "Hey, how you doing?" Blah blah blah. Takes their orders, and at one point he just looks at her and just kind of subtly goes, "You, me, bushes, huh?" And kind of nods out, and she was like, "Holy crap!" Like ballsy dude. No thanks, but you, yeah, you're you're kind of a badass. Hmm. She, she enjoyed that. Well, she thought, if somebody she said you need bushes, I would think. Uh, bushes kind of went out in the 70s, but. Ooh. <laughs> no, Bushes got out of the White House in what, when, what, four <laughs> years ago? <laughs> they haven't had a bush in the White House since Barbara's. Oh, God. Can we not talk about this? Uh, cauliflower. Hey, hey cauliflower. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You're terrible. So, in other news, okay, I was thinking about this a little earlier today. Yes. Would you guys, and we'll get to news here in a minute, but would you guys like another story from the vault? You have more stories from the vault? I do not find that hard to believe. Buddy. Yes, I'm always down for a Caleb story from the vault. Okay, let's see which one it will be today, because I've got kind of a couple here. Um, so... My band used to play um, celebrity autograph conventions. Some of them were the Twilight movies. Some of them were the True Blood series on HBO. <laughs> One of them was uh, Vampire Diaries. And uh, most of these took place in Atlanta and Orlando. But we got to meet some of the people from the show. So... Uh, now you're talking about the Nova Echo? Yeah, the Nova Echo. The old, the old band in the olden days. Yes. Uh, like four years ago. Back when you spelled band B A N D E. People did that? Yes. Weird. Easy band day. Uh, like from the 1600s, I don't know. <laughs> we played our lutes and our fifes and we won over the maidens. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, are you guys familiar with the film uh, 21 and Over? So, I haven't seen it, but I've seen it all over my Netflix listings. I know what it is. Okay, so the main character is portrayed by uh, an Asian-American actor named uh, Justin Chan. And he was in the Twilight Saga. He was just kind of like one of uh, Bela the the, uh, main character's friends in high school. I know who he is, yes. Yeah, and so uh, we were hanging out with him, super nice guy. And um, one night we went up to our hotel room after we had just kind of been like, we played the show that night and we were just kind of like drinking and hanging out with everybody. So we got up to the hotel room and Justin Chan is in there. And we're just like, hey, man, how's it going? So we uh, proceeded to just like pull out all the stops and got all of this liquor. And we were just like getting drunk and hanging out with the guy. And it was just like really, really crazy. And the next day he was like, I don't want to do my Q&A after hanging out with you guys. I'm so tired. I do not feel good. And I thought it was really, really funny watching 21 and over. And he's like drunk the whole time, like falling out of windows and falling on top of cars and like wrecking stuff and just destroying things and i'm like wow i i kind of saw that in real life he was probably paid to do that yeah who knows man who knows super cool guy stay in character stay in character exactly but now this was like years before 21 and over came out so are you saying that uh he wasn't actually just 21 when he made that movie he was he was 28 when I knew him. He's an honest, he was he and he was See, playing like a high school kid that's in Twilight. The, that's the great thing. Like some of the greatest stupid movies that would be so much fun to make are the just cheesy ass high school movies. And I think I could still be cast in a high school movie. Oh, definitely. Cuz I think all the high school movies, all those people are like in their 30s. Yeah. I well, want to. I want to be in a crappy high school movie. You just said you got confused for eighteen. Well, today, that's and, right. Yeah, that's and I right. get the same. And when I tell people, "Well, I'm going to be thirty this year," uh, they're always like, "Oh my gosh, I thought you were 18. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, <laughs> in the in the new Fantastic Four, the guy that's been cast as um, 
Reed Richards, the main dude. He was in the film Project X, and it's like, have you guys seen that movie? The really old one with Matthew Broderick? No, probably, uh, maybe it's a remake of the same thing, but it's like it's it's a pretty recent thing. It's just a bunch of high school kids, and they throw this party, and they like burn their parents' house down and all this crazy shit. Sounds really uh, cool. I remember the previews of that, yeah. Uh, but, the, yeah, the guy that's playing Reed Richards, I'm not sure what his name is, what the actor's name is, but uh, I saw something on, um, like, something on the internet the other day where he's, like, he's like my age. He's, like, almost 28, and he's playing, like, a 16-year-old kid in a movie that came out a year ago, and I'm just like, man, what is it with kids these days? Is it, like, do people just not work as hard, and they're just sitting in front of their computer all the time so they don't look, like, you know, old at all when they're 30? It's weird. I don't, I don't, I, I think people assume that people don't remember what ages look like i mean i it's probably true i don't really because i know i live in a college town maureen and i live in a you know around a college town one of the largest public universities in the country (laughs) and uh you know you drive down the street and see these college kids and they look like children yes no no that's totally true you think they're 12 and they're like juniors in college you know well you know at least freshmen yeah but yeah they look like little babies yeah so you know it's it's hard to tell age and that can be dangerous in certain situations but uh, (laughs) especially when you're buying drinks for people on airplanes that's right but (laughs) who uh, knows how old kimberly was well that's right kimberly was buying an 18 year old a drink i mean look at her i wonder i wonder if they carded kimberly i mean if i was 12 years old and bizarre and devious like what if i was just buying drinks for people on planes well technically i don't think that'd be illegal if you Paid for somebody else's drink, is it? You're still technically you're, buying okay. alcohol. All right, all right, you're right. Yeah, I yeah. Don't know yeah, I know that. that. No, that's an interesting thing to think about. But I think yes, but you're, you're in international air. Alcohol. Yeah, international air. In well, international air, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's true. I drank on the plane when I was 14, headed to Europe. So, are you kidding me? No, that's crazy. You can as soon as you're off of U.S. territory. Oh, that's crazy. Weird. Now well, Caleb fun. wants to fly to you. Awesome. Now that I'm... Because he can't, because he's 14. Because he's 14. <laughs> Guys, I got my first zit today, and I'm going to fly to Japan and drink sake. Oh, that's going to only aid your your skin problems. I'm going to roll around in the floor on the plane like like Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Sake! <laughs> <laughs> well, I do have to thank you, Caleb, for uh, posting the preview for Zombievers to the website. You said you would, and you followed through. So for all of you who listened to last week's magical podcast, uh, we talked about Zombievers. That preview is up on the website. We didn't get a chance to talk about Star Wars last week. Let's talk about Star Wars, because the three of us like Star Wars. Man, there is literally so much happening in the world of Star Wars. Um I think I might have mentioned very briefly last week that I think Netflix is exclusive, exclusively uh, running the last uh, the last season of the um, animated mm-hmm. series. The uh, and that's going to be rad because I have really wanted to keep up with that show, but I just have never. You know, I don't really have cable. I only use streaming stuff like Roku. But okay, uh, I was going to ask and say, so do you even have Netflix? But I guess you do because you have Roku. Yeah, I I have Netflix, and I honestly use Hulu Plus more than Netflix. Me really? too, lately. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Well, just it's, current TV shows. Yeah, really? it's yeah, it's current stuff. I I love New Girl. I cannot stop watching really? that show. Yes, I love. I don't it. get me wrong. I watch it, but I I don't love it. Like, I just kind of have a little crush on Nick, but <laughs> yeah, he's a cutie, man. Uh, dude, I love Schmidt. No, he is, he's the worst. He, I love him, man. It's probably why you and like why you hate me, Maureen, because I I migrate more to those kinds of characters, and you're like Caleb sucks so much. Have you ever heard me say that? Not you've implied it. <laughs> <laughs> it's bled through my microphone. No. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I I know what you're thinking, Maureen, at all times, and it's usually, God, can we well, please get some Invisalign on this kid? <laughs> <laughs> well. This isn't New Girls, but uh, the show Girls, that makes me think of yes. Star Wars and uh, casting oh, Adam Driver from Girls. <sighs> Look, I'm upset about this. Uh, I, I, he's going to be a both. villain in Star Wars. So. I read what you guys said on Twitter. I no, it was on said. Rogue Planet. 
Yeah, but you guys were tweeting a little bit about this stuff here and there about Adam. Oh no, it was on Rogue Planet. Sorry, I'm my brain is just out the window. Don't, don't forget, I'm always right. <laughs> it's the vodka. You are you you are a female. You are always right. Exactly. Don't forget it. And even if you're wrong, you are right. And that's that's what I've learned from my mom. <laughs> exactly. Moms are but, always right. Okay, here's here's all I have to say. Have you guys have you kept up with girls? I have not kept up with girls. I've seen maybe oh four or five episodes of that series. So I have been catching up recently because I was behind, and I my roommates watch it, and um, they were watching the new season. Is it season three or four now? It's three. Okay, so three. So I'm in season three now. I'm almost all the way caught up. Okay. And he did have some redeeming qualities in the episode I watched last night. I'm going to say I liked him a little bit more, but I still can't get past his voice and just his, like, weird Face. awkwardness. And he's an actor, so I have to see him in – I know he's done some other roles, but, I, yeah, his face, too. <laughs> here's, I just here's, can't get past it. Here's my thing about Girls. I have seen every episode of Girls. Of course you have. I hate the show. I watch, I watch it religiously, and For I the can't, nudity. I no, no. hell no. <laughs> it is not at all. Like I, I always like I go into that show every episode I watch. I'm just like, I'm gonna give this ten, ten maybe fifteen minutes before it starts pissing me off. And then, and I watch the whole thing. I don't know why. No, and, but that's how everyone is. It's painful to watch. It's like it's, it drives me insane too. It's horrible. But here's what I will say about Adam Driver. I am not one thousand percent pissed about him being a villain in Star Wars because honestly, in Girls, he is despicable, especially <laughs> especially in season one. Like, if I hate him this much in a sitcom about, like, living in New York, I'm going to really fucking hate the guy when he's a bad guy in Star Wars. I uh, That's uh, a decent logic there. So, I don't know. I'm not I, pissed. I just think he's more annoying, not bad. So nope. that's why I think as a villain in Star Wars, I want somebody who's really malicious he can really be really badass, but I think but he's just annoying. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Jar Jar Binks, but nobody of the can, villain world. Nobody can be any more annoying than Hayden Christensen's whiny ass as Anakin Skywalker. Nobody I will wanted, deny you that. That's true. I wanted to punch him in the face. I'm thinking you have the most dark, evil, sinister, badass, famous dude in all Hollywood, Darth Vader, and you're going to tell us that this little snot-nosed shit is him? Give me a break. Like, literally, well, if they told me Jar Jar was Darth Vader, I probably would have been more excited. Yeah, and see, that's that's the difficult thing here, is if you start with somebody, or even, you know, during the show, as we saw, I mean, you have somebody that people hate, that's only half the battle. I mean, yes, that's the villain. You want people to hate them, but you want, the, want people to hate them for the right reasons. And, yes, already going in, if people already find this guy so obnoxious, you know, I mean... Yeah, you're halfway there, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, I, see, see how his acting is and, and if he can pull off the role without being super annoying and super ugly. I see the other side of it, too. I mean, like like you were just saying, people love Darth Vader. Dude, he's awesome. And yeah. it's kind of hard to hate him because he's such a badass. Yeah, so, but, I mean, but yeah, I don't know if I see Adam getting that way. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think I could ever look at him and be like, whoa, guys, he just blew my mind with some James Dean shit. He's I so badass. He's kind of a pansy. Yeah, a big one. We'll see. I mean, maybe he will blow my mind because I've had people saying, don't get too excited because I was really thrilled to hear that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be cast in Star Wars as well. And um, I'm not going as far to call myself as a Cumberbitch as they're called. But oh, I'm, my God. I'm getting there. I mean, he is a sexy MFR. <laughs> Man. I knew that I knew that you would be so amped about Benedict Cumberbatch, and I I wonder who he is. Who is he going to be? Well, yeah, that's the whole mystery. He just blew up on the scene, though. I mean, do you guys feel like this dude just came out of nowhere? I mean, I know like the Sherlock thing, but then he yep. just was like con, and now he's everywhere, right? And, yep, and that's true. Um, but he had some prior roles even before uh, Sherlock Holmes. Don't ask me to name him right now, but I know I've seen him, uh, where he's amazing. Small, small, little roles. But he deserves his success, let's put it that way. 
Yeah, I mean, I was actually told at a bar a couple of weeks back from a man, sadly, that uh, if if I if the guy was not looking at me, that my voice sounded like Benedict Cumberbatch, and I was like, "Well, you're extremely delusional, sir, because I am not only American, I do not have a very low voice, kind of prominent thing like he does." But uh, I took it; that was a cool compliment, because if because uh, if a lady overheard that and, and somehow like inceptioned into her head that I was anything like Benedict Cumberbatch. Hell yeah, I'll take it. Well, that's what you needed to do. You needed to seize the opportunity and say, would you say that again, but louder? Yeah, yeah exactly. Will you say this? Uh, would you tell this? Kind of... Would you go over and tell that woman what you just said? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to rain on your parade or anything, so I'm going to keep quiet at this moment. <laughs> Jesus, Maureen. <laughs> I'm just waiting for it. Honey, are you? <laughs> You're a skinny little German boy from the mountains, which is an oxymoron in itself. You are nothing like Mr. Cumberbun. <laughs> did you Benedict. see? Hold on. Did you see his? Um, was it in Jimmy Kimmel where he did? Um, was he read Fifty Shades of Grey? I believe in monologue style. Wow. N- no. Oh my wow. gosh! Please watch it. I fell in love with him that night. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got one for you. Did you see the video of Gilbert Gottfried reading Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> I heard the audio. Oh, my God. But what I'd really like to do is claim your ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Gilbert Gottfried. I think uh, next week we should have Caleb as Gilbert Gottfried. No. Reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I want to be a Gilbert Gottfried as Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man 2. Listen to me now. A harmonic reinforcement? An exponential growth in energy output? Holy shit. I think you could do it. I think you could do it. I heard Aflac's hiring. <laughs> I don't know if they are anymore. I know they yeah, were they... once they canned him, but... Yeah. Well, so there's that. There's that in the news of Star Wars. What else was there? There was something else that was kind of prominent. Oh, yeah. The, uh, there's a new animated miniseries coming out. And uh, are you animating it? Uh, I wish. Maybe they're hiring. Doubtful. Probably not. Probably not. So I don't know about this one. What is it? It's a new thing. It's kind of all new characters. It's it's obviously more kind of uh, pointed at the, the younger audience. Uh, it's kind of like a group of young rebels. It's like the, the Young Rebel Alliance. Right. Never mind. I have heard of this. It was uh, blown up on Twitter. Yeah, there's a... There's like a Boba Fett girl who is an... Who's an it's kind of a cool concept. She's a street artist and uh and a pyrotechnic operator she loves to blow stuff up and tag stuff with like street art and i think that's actually kind of a great character because um i don't know if you guys know too much about like the street art culture of like banksy and all that sort of stuff yeah. oh definitely yeah i mean like that that stuff to me is so incredibly cool and uh i just watched a documentary on netflix recently that was talking about um it was a banksy documentary talking about um mr brainwash did you happen to see this is it is it the one that was in theaters through uh exit through the gift shop um, no, I don't think okay, so. Maybe that's a Banksy documentary I saw in the theaters, and it's amazing, dude. It Banksy is like an incredibly interesting dude, just obviously because of his prolific artwork, but also the way he does his films because he never shows his face. And literally, like, I guess law enforcement kind of is looking for the guy because he's defaced property all over hell and half of Georgia, right? So, well, and did you hear about the uh? They had some art sale where they actually sold some real Banksy's as uh, just prints at um, some New York street and on the side of the road. And people bought them for like 20 bucks and found out that they were real Banksy's and they were worth, you know, 50 grand, 200 grand. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Well, um, the funny thing about this particular documentary about Mr. Brainwash was – this guy, he was just this uh, French man, and he just carried around a video camera and like almost like OCD, just filmed everything. And he uh, had a friend that was doing street art, so he ended up just kind of like following this guy around at night and and videotaping. So he did this for years upon years upon years, and was telling everybody that he was going to make a documentary film with all the footage. Well, he actually like never really was in the process of making this film. He was just archiving and archiving and archiving. He ended up um going and meeting Banksy and uh, Banksy and him kind of became buddies and they just kind of like, he just followed him around. So at one point um, 
he was just kind of like, you know, I don't really know what to do with this guy. He's not making this documentary that said he was going to make about street art. Um, and he just told him, like, why don't you just, you know, go make some some art of your own? And so this uh, guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy um, started making his own street art and he called himself Mr. Brainwash uh, as kind of like a like a homage against the media or whatever, what have you. And so this guy uh, ended up just saying, hey, Banksy, would you give me a quote and say like something nice about Mr. Brainwash? Banksy was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So Banksy's quote gets uh, published and goes all over the place. Next thing they know, he's doing this art expo as Mr. Brainwash, and it just is blowing up. And now this dude has sold like millions upon millions of dollars worth of art that he made. He's kind of he's like a new kind of Warhol style, but he's like got all of this money through just like kind of a fluke. It's crazy. I've got money through a fluke. I oh, yeah? found it by digging in my backyard. Oh, God. No. I heard about this. No, not really. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, I, I want to ask you, Caleb, I think you and I talked about this before, but do you watch Archer? I don't watch Archer. I find that interesting because it's your style of humor and... Uh, you know, I, I think you you enjoy the the artwork they try to pull off, and uh, I just got into this series, and it's it's. Marine, stop growling. <laughs> it's dirty and uh, quite amusing. It's stupid comedy. So, uh, so I you're think, saying it's mildly intelligent fart jokes? Uh, yes, exactly. So I, I think you. Well, my wife, who is a law professor just used a, a little bit of a, a clip from Archer in one of her classes. So that should tell you how smart it is. So, and also I think Jason is actually pretty obsessed with this show right now because he asked me about it twice last week as he forgot we had a conversation previously. Do you well, notice, no, notice I didn't ask you. I asked Caleb because I, I remember no, I we had now. the conversation. I'm just saying we yes. had the conversation yes. twice. But I think Caleb and I had talked about it before when we were talking about possible animation projects. But, uh, yeah, that's something that I, I've started watching lately, and uh, I don't know, this weekend I watched probably f- six different episodes. So. so you got Archer on the brain. I do have Archer on the brain. All right, well, Caleb, there's one thing I want to talk about right now, and I just listened to, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the young scientist woman, Cara Santamaria. She uh, was featured on on uh, HuffPost uh, a while back. She had a show called Talk Nerdy to Me. Um, she does another web series now, and she's kind of been around as this uh, young female scientist talky person. And, What's her uh, name again? She's really cool. She, her name's Kara Santa Maria, and she's got a new podcast. And the guest on her first podcast was Mr. Joe Rogan. Ah. And uh, some of you may remember that I was a guest on Joe Rogan's television show, Joe Rogan Questions Everything. Really? And, uh, Joe we, Rogan? We talked about uh, UFOs <laughs> on that show a little bit. And um, so I was checking out this first episode of Cara Santa Maria's podcast, and I think it's simply called Talk Nerdy. It I is. I think that's her podcast. Um, and, you know, they they get to talking about the show Joe did Joe Rogan questions everything and uh, talking about uh, on that show, he talked to people about Bigfoot and UFOs and, and I, you know, some people in the UFO community didn't uh, enjoy his approach. They thought he was very harsh and, uh, you know, dismissive of people who were presenting their best evidence to Joe and, and Joe rationally said, yeah, you know, these are great stories. You're telling me so-and-so said this, or this book says this, but show me hard evidence, and people couldn't. Um, and that was very refreshing. You don't see that very often, and I, I think that's very true, and people need to understand that, that you know, a lot of what we do look at in the field of UFOs, and when you're talking about Bigfoot and ghosts and everything else, I mean, a lot of what people point to as the best evidence is a lot of hearsay testimony and circumstantial evidence and things that aren't concrete proof. You know, they're great. They contribute to, you know, adding credibility or, or, or meriting something needs to be explored more, but it's not 100% proof. And right. Joe 
doesn't uh, hesitate to say that and call bullshit. And that's what he did to a lot of people, including Bill Burns from UFO Hunters and UFO Magazine and Stephen Bassett and a lot of people. Like, he saw these are great things you're telling me, but other than being good stories, that's really all they are. Um, so on the podcast with Cara Santa Maria, he's talking about this and saying, I was surprised by this because he's a big kind of Bigfoot guy. But he admitted that, uh, you know, he thinks the likelihood that Bigfoot exists today is pretty much none. He doesn't think there's any chance, like 1% chance that Bigfoot exists today. He thinks at some time it, it, Bigfoot may have existed, but not now. And, uh, and when they, they got to talking about the, uh, the UFO subject um, and ghosts, I mean, they were talking about all the paranormal stuff. Yeah, he uh, said that you know the the people he talked to basically all the people in in these fields who explore the paranormal are unfuckable white guys. All right, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that kind of kind of uh, made me feel kind of bad. I'm sorry, Jason. I feel bad because you talked about this morning. I told you you should write him back and say I did. that you're married, and I so did. you are fuckable. <laughs> I did. I said... <laughs> At least he got one person to fuck him. Yeah. No, I wrote back, and I said, thanks thanks a lot, Joe. You know, by the way, I am married, but... All I know is But that... mostly, I but, agree with you. But, but yeah, he, he's right. I don't want to fuck anybody in the UFO field, so he's totally right. Yeah, no, he's true. I mean, it's a valid point, but, uh, you know... Because I'm, mean, I'm in that group, I was I was slightly offended for half a second, but then I chuckled. I I, I, I couldn't be offended at that. Like, dude, I'm on the Grayling Report. I I know what we look like. <laughs> <laughs> like we we're we're down in the bunker. Yeah, there's a reason because we don't come out in the daylight. <laughs> but no, man, I honestly love Joe Rogan because you know he. And I I, I kind of hate to say this, but he's to me he's kind of like the frat guy of paranormal research, right? Uh, but I, I watched the whole uh, episode with him and Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I just kind of loved how he was like kind of a no bullshit dude with Neil, and like would talk about like you know come on this looks like they faked the moon landing, blah blah blah, and Neil would be like shut the fuck up, you know this is this is how it went, blah blah blah. But dude, honestly, I'm glad that there's people out there like joe that can just straight up be like no bullshit he's Look, a very if really if you really boil it down like the probability of a bigfoot a, a large hominid that is somehow hiding its ass here in north america the probability is is probably pretty low I, i'm glad people can just say that rather than right damn it i've seen the i am too big fuckers he's, out there. he's a very real guy and he and, and Kara on the podcast talk about that and you know, a lot of people who are super into, you know, researching and investigating paranormal subjects, there really isn't, uh, you know, a ton of people out there doing it who aren't way in, invested in it and way, uh, you know, unwilling to admit when things are proven counter to what they believe or what they want mm -hmm. to come out you know they're so invested right. they feel that they can't ever admit that something is you know anything other than paranormal anything has a rational explanation they feel that that you know deters uh other people looking into it or or detracts from you know legitimate paranormal things and that's not true and and both joe and and kara say you know that that should be, you know, expected and, and applauded people to be able to say, oops, I was wrong. Let's move on and look for, you know, something that is actually real. You know, there isn't that willingness to admit uh, failure or, or, you know, just things as being normal, explainable things. And as all of us know, being in the paranormal broad field, I mean, that's the case with the majority of things, and that should be expected. We should want to move those things aside and get to the things that really do merit more investigation, more study. But as Joe and Kara pointed out, that's really not the case with a lot of the people who investigate in these fields. They won't admit when they're wrong, and uh, that just creates this greater problem of well, there, there's of another disconnect between the paranormal world and the mainstream world. There's another, like, really big element to it, too, and that's the paycheck. And, like, 
when you have, I mean, obviously you have shows like Finding Bigfoot, where We're literally in a paranormal I, world here, and we know there isn't such a thing as a paycheck. Ah, BS. Come man. on, Caleb. <laughs> I know the guys on Finding Bigfoot aren't working for free. That's for sure. I, and, and, I happen to know they get paid about fifteen grand per episode. Oh, well, there you go. Well, see, this is what I'm saying. Is like as far as that kind of realm of you can call it infotainment i mean obviously there's tons of of legitimate research to be done and there's legitimate research that's done on programs like this but it's not always it's not always geared 1000 percent towards i don't know why i'm always dealing in 1000s but i don't know why it's uh it's it's not always geared towards the research at the core because you still have to make these shows watchable you still have to make these shows entertaining uh, or else, you know, you don't really have a, a product with these companies. But I think uh, the the podcasting world is kind of the the greatest thing that's ever happened to uh, paranormal research because you have all these people out here that they work their day job, but they have a legitimate care for the research. They have a legitimate care and interest in finding things that are going to you know benefit scientifically. They they don't they're not really worried about this stuff. They do it because they love it and they report what they find. Yeah, obviously you have people out there that are eccentric and they blow things out of proportion and they hear the house crack and it's a ghost, you know. But still, I mean, there's a ton of reliable people out there that are taking and collecting as much legitimate data as they possibly can and presenting that to the people. So I kind of I kind of like the underground world of the paranormal, frankly. But uh, let me let me interject here just because I have personal experience in this sort of. Uh, area is that I can't speak for the finding Bigfoot people, but a lot of times, definitely with television, things are skewed. A lot of stuff goes on behind the scenes and you don't get to see that. You get to see the television sort of breakdown, which it sometimes honestly makes investigators look a little silly or like they're not doing the right things. But a lot of times there's a lot of background happening and a lot of different tests that don't make the screen cut and the investigation tactics or the fact that, you know, like I'm in one of these shows that let's be honest, kind of resembles finding Bigfoot about aliens, Mm -hmm. but I am passionate about the serious side and I am skeptical and I do a lot of different background research and we do a lot of tests that you don't get to see on camera. And so I don't want to throw those people under the bus because sometimes they look silly. Well, right, probably they're going to make me look silly sometimes, too. But it's not necessarily, you know, it's not everything that meets the eye, so to speak. Right. But again, with um, so, sort of a Joe Rogan's Bigfoot thing. Well, and I think this is true for a lot of different people is what they want to know outside this field. Is I've been doing some morning shows lately, interviews. And of course, you know, I'm on this beer drinking, swilling, disc jockey uh, radio show, they asked me, do you believe in Bigfoot? And I said, well, look, I think I'd have to see it to believe it, but I will tell you that I keep my eyes eyes peeled while I'm camping. (laughs) Anyways, just (laughs) in case. Uh, You know, which is, I think, true for a lot of us in the paranormal field. We're searching for some hint of evidence, so we always look out for it. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean we're crazy or... Or batshit. But of course, that's the question they want to ask. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Have you ever met an alien? So um, I can see where Joe Rogan's saying, you know, like, well, there's not a lot of evidence that it exists right now. We're waiting for that evidence. It's not that we're, you know, dismissing the theory at all. It's just we need some real hard evidence to eventually make this into a solid claim. Well, I'm I'm really glad that you bring up um, stuff like as far as what you see on the show is not necessarily everything that you find, and it really is up to the editors and and how the final show ends up coming out. Uh, and, and because you know, obviously, with you like working on a show like that, it's you know, I would imagine if if I didn't know you and I I heard somebody saying like, yeah, there's actually a lot of stuff that we find that is like le- legitimate evidence that never makes it to the show. That's great to hear, and I actually have like some personal experience. I won't name any names, but I have a good friend that was on um, a UFO. No, it was a paranormal show. It was a paranormal investigation show, and they filmed a pilot. I think it was with Discovery Channel, mm-hmm. and they were doing an investigation of this. Uh, I want to say it was like an old hangar or something where all, some crazy stuff had happened. Hangar One, the UFO files. Hangar One. Uh, <laughs> But no, like they um, they were filming all this stuff and they got this crazy 
And I even saw the footage. Uh, it, it was this crazy centipede-looking apparition, ghostly, weird apparition that showed up on the uh, on the footage of one of these random cameras that was running. And I remember my friend telling me that he was like, as soon as I saw that playback and I saw this incredible apparition, I was like, holy shit, like we have got, we've got, it. this is real. We can show the world that this stuff is real. And they canned the show and they never, ever, ever showed that footage to anybody. That's because the government shut it down. <laughs> Absolutely. One of them weird things. But I mean, and there were, there was, it was actually like some really weird things that happened around the filming of that show, but it's just, it just goes to show you right there. I mean, like when you're out there on the field and you're, you're in these areas where it's UFO hotspots and shit like that. I mean, you do see some crazy stuff, but the public may or may not, may not ever see that. Right. And a great example is our buddy, Ben McGee in Las Vegas, you know, he's on chasing UFOs and, uh, you know, he did a lot of, a lot of science on that show and, and a lot of it he had to pull out of his ass. You know, they'd go to certain cases. They wouldn't know anything about the cases, but they'd go to him and basically want him to do science improv. They'd say, okay, Ben, now science. And he'd be um, okay and have to do stuff. And fortunately, he had the opportunity to, uh, to blog for, for Nat Geo, so he was able to put more of his science that uh, he did behind the scenes in the blog, so it didn't completely go to waste. But there's a lot of stuff that happens on these shows that don't make it to air, and I think a lot of people do realize, and then a lot of people need to realize that television is television, it's entertainment, and that's what it's made for. So, you know. Uh, and not- don't always blame the cast. Half the time it's out of our control, it's usually down to the editing. So That's right. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Don't kill the messenger. That's right. Well, guys, this has been a wonderful podcast as always but let's go ahead and close it because i think people are going to sleep i am good night everybody i'm going to sleep too well i want to remind everybody that rogueplanet.tv is where you can go for all of the geeky news you need to know and all of the wonderfully crappy and comical geeky videos and anything else you need to see rogueplanet.tv that's our website that's where we'll we post the podcast, and uh, you can get the podcast on iTunes if you don't get it from our website. You can also get it on Stitcher. It'll be on Stitcher soon. But, uh, yeah, do subscribe to our podcast, to the feed, whatever you want. Or you can just come back to the website and listen to us when you're bored because we do the podcast when we're bored. So that's that. And, uh, again, thanks for listening. With me, as always, my friend Caleb Hanks. I'm Jason McClellan. And thanks to Maureen for joining us again. And uh, you you did uh, a better job of not ruining the episode this week. Oh, I'm sorry that we talked about such shitty topics last week. That's right. Last week was really shitty. And And if you you do uh, enjoy shitty, I I recommend listening to last week's episode because it was very shitty. So, but, so uh, much hey, I got a little a little last nugget for everybody. For I'm working uh, as of I think tomorrow on Cloverfield episode two. No way! That magic is coming. It's gonna be, and believe me, this one it's gonna it's be a gonna little, be extra shitty. It starts off kind of shitty. <laughs> it starts off shitty. Wow, that's a so, that's a twist. He cleans up from there. All I will say is. Spruce brass, I was taking a bath. <laughs> Can't wait to see it, buddy. Yikes. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, everybody, and we will see you next time. Peace.